Welcome to the Advice and Insights Podcast with David L. Bonson. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Advice and Insights Podcast. This is David Bonson. I am the Chief Investment Officer and Managing Partner here at the Bonson Group. And we do this podcast uh, almost every single week to kind of give you a particular treatment on a particular topic. And that topic today is the Federal Reserve and what exactly the Fed's relevance is in the present market turmoil we've been experiencing. And I'm going to go beyond just describing for you what it is. I'm going to try to prescribe for you what I think the Fed ought to be doing. So let's give the lay of the land a little bit first. We know that we're in later innings of an economic cycle. We know that a recovery began after a brutal recession almost 10 years ago, and that the Fed was successful in reliquifying the uh, corporate economy and that we have had the normal, um, part, partly had normal consequences from that. You got an increase in productivity, you got an increase in corporate profits. I would argue that the normal cyclical recovery patterns were muted, in, in, and I think largely because of various policy mistakes, too much regulation in the prior administration, too high of taxes, too much um, uh, in, uh, punishment for investment around high investment tax, corporate tax. <clears throat> but we got some degree of recovery, and it's been going on for a long time now, and that recovery has picked up a lot in the last couple of years um, with higher GDP growth stemming from lower corporate taxes, lower uh, punitive measures on investment, and lower um, regulation, Okay. And so now you have a little bit more incentive in the corporate economy for investment into the future, which is necessary to extend this cyclical recovery into later innings. And that that's a nutshell as to kind of where we are over the last 10 years, not, not real debatable. However, the Fed was distorting markets and distorting credit through a lot of the period on purpose for the purpose of, of juicing this reliquification. And they did that through a 0% interest rate and excessive rounds of quantitative easing that added a lot of money to their balance sheet, which, which put more credit into the economy. Well, here we are. Now they're trying to tighten that, normalize that, to be defensive for when we have a recession. And the market has taken it unbelievably well until the last couple months. Um, the fact of the matter is that the Fed has now raised interest rates nine times since 2016, and the market is up, you know, 40% in that period. Um, they have started to reduce their balance sheet. They're not selling bonds that they bought with, with phony money, but when those bonds mature, they're not reinvesting the proceeds. They're just letting it fall off, which has the net effect of reducing their balance sheet, which is a fancy way of saying they're reducing liquidity in the economy. So it's tightening monetary policy to get to a point of normalization. Okay. Well, um, the, what would all of a sudden have changed that would make the market say, oh, gosh, the Fed has gone too much? The fact of the matter is inflation has remained very low. Uh, GDP growth has been very strong, but not not excessive. And we are very divergent from the rest of the world, uh, meaning even as things are going well for us, they're not going well in Western Europe. They're not going well in Germany and Italy and England and France and Spain. They're not going well in Japan. They're not going well in China. They're not going well in South America. And so that divergence means the U.S. dollar rallies because we have a t tighter monetary policy 
with a stronger economy makes the dollar more attractive. They have a weaker monetary policy stemming out of a weaker economy makes their currencies less attractive. Simple stuff, right? Overall, I think, and I've said this over and over again, the Fed normalizing is A, a good thing because they're normalizing because our economy is strong enough to handle it. And B, um, it's necessary so that they can be in a neutral position in the future so that if we at some point inevitably face our next recession, they have tools in their toolbox by which they can kind of play defense. They can't do that if they're already below the neutral rate. They need to get up to neutral so that they can affect economic activity when we have the next recession. Fair enough. The fear, I think, that really took place back October 3rd, Chairman Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve, gave a speech, which indicated that we had a long way to go to get to neutral. So I think the market had sort of priced in that they were at a certain place in the monetary tightening cycle, and they were close to achieving it. And now I think they are. the fear became, well, maybe they're going to go even further. And I think it was Goldman Sachs had a report. They're going to go all the way up to 4% or higher. So you may end up with, there was debate, are we going to have not maybe three or four more rate hikes, but five, six, or seven more. And the markets got pummeled in October. A lot of increased volatility and uncertainty throughout November. Big periods up, followed by big periods down. And then now yesterday at the Economic Club in New York, Chairman Powell said, we are the rate we've gotten up to just below neutral. Now, just below may mean four, five, six more rate hikes. It may mean one or two more. I don't think he means that they're not going to hike in December, but maybe we'll see. But all that to say, the market is saying, okay, maybe he won't overshoot. And most people, myself included, believe that the Fed goes too far with accommodation, which creates boom cycles, and they go too far in reversing accommodation creates bus cycles. And uh, uh, that's the, the way you believe that they don't do that is if you believe they thread the needle perfectly. And it's not criticizing them to say that they don't thread the needle perfectly. It's saying it's a needle that really can't be threaded perfectly. But when he said yesterday, and I quote word for word here, um, we are just below the broad range of estimates of the level that would be neutral for the economy. Uh, those are his words that would indicate that perhaps this hawkish Fed that people were starting to say is creeping back in is not quite as hawkish as people thought. I am of that opinion that that's going to be the reality for the rest of my life. I need to write an article one of these days at marketepicurean.com, which is our kind of higher end uh, property for, for um, economic perspective. I think that in 1998 when Alan Greenspan cut the bejeebers out of interest rates in the middle of the dot-com boom, even as GDP growth was on fire, and he went and cut rates further out of a few external forces, emerging markets, currency issues in Thailand and Russia, what have you, he at that point changed the world. I really believe that. I, I'll write about that more another time, talk about more another time. But no matter what, there have been periods, now it's been 20 years since 1998, it's been 10 years since the financial crisis, and there's been periods where Fed governors from Greenspan to Bernanke to Yellen to Powell have pump faked that they were being a little hawkish, but they have been four dove, they've been dovish Fed chairs, and I believe Powell will prove to be dovish as well, and I'm not rooting for that. I'm rooting for sensible monetary policy, and I think Chairman Powell is going to do his earnest best 
to be data dependent and get this right. But I say that believing it's impossible to get fully right. That once you take on the task of trying to manipulate the economy with monetary policy, you're guaranteed to get things wrong. That's the reality in which we live. So I'm critical of a system to some degree, but I'm not critical of the intentions or efforts or intelligence of this man. I think he's a good man. And Janet Ellen was a good woman. But I think ideologically there's some disagreements. That's fine. But from an investor standpoint, when they start posturing extra hawkishness, the market gets its face ripped off. But I don't believe underneath the mask of hawkishness, there is a real hawk. I think that fundamentally they're afraid, going back to Greenspan's put in 1998, they're afraid for risk assets to not receive the assist of monetary massage. I would not craft a monetary policy around it. I would simply state that we are very unlikely to have the Fed accelerate an excessive tightening that could make our worst fears come true in the market. The opposite is far more likely. If this could play out the way I would prescribe, it would be that he would continue raising to a neutral rate, and that neutral rate would probably be a little lower than it's historically been based on some new normals that exist post-2008 in the world economy. But if they were to stop now, they will delay the inevitable. Um, they will lose credibility. And if they blink, uh, it will indicate that we have another perma-dove. They need to maintain a strong hand to get to the neutral rate. They should not overshoot past the neutral rate. They should read the data for what it is. They continue to see very underwhelming inflation, and they continue to see incredible weakness in many of the global economies around us. So what the Fed will do is continue raising, but I suspect it looks like not um, to the excessive level some we're fearful of. And what they should do is just that, but not be um, uh, intimidated by the realities of risk assets. That's my perspective here, advice and insights. It's the advice I want to give you, and it's the insights I have. I hope they're helpful for you. Please subscribe. Please share this with anyone you'd like and write us a nice review. Uh, we, we appreciate you listening, and we are very, very eager for any questions you may have. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our Advice and Insights podcast with David L. Bonson. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced here and will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information reference herein. 
The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.